The CCC has extended its level 2 COVID alert for two weeks to September 20th. In Taoyuan, where concerns remain over a possible Delta cluster, an enhanced level 2 alert will remain in place until at least Thursday. The CCC said that AstraZeneca will be administered in the next round of vaccination, which will start next Wednesday. This round will be open to adults aged 18 to 22 who registered on the government's vaccine system before July 19th. In addition, a second dose of AstraZeneca will be offered to people who received their first dose at least 10 weeks before September 10th. These people can go online to make their appointment between 10 a.m. September 10th and midday September 12th. The CCC has added nine cases to a cluster infection at a new Taipei preschool. The cluster was first identified over the weekend when a teacher and her husband tested COVID positive. On Monday, the CCC announced that eight children at the school and one parent had also tested positive. Dozens of students, parents and teachers have been placed in isolation. Health authorities say more cases may be detected in the coming days. I believe there may be more positives in relation to this cluster. In preschools, everyone is in close contact and already several people have been diagnosed. New Taipei reported nine COVID infections on Monday, all linked to a preschool in the city. The infected cases are one parent and eight children. They've been sent for treatment at a hospital. There are 47 people linked to this preschool, including students and parents, plus 10 instructors. They've all been tested and put in isolation. They've been sent to quarantine hotels. Per government regulations, the preschool will close for 14 days. Everyone involved in its evening daycare service will also be isolated as a precaution. According to new Taipei officials, that's an additional 18 people, including students and their parents. What we are concerned about now is that the positivity rate is extremely high. This school has mixed age classes. It's not a big school. They also offer after-school classes in the evening. When asked if this cluster involved the Delta COVID strain, the CCC said an investigation was underway. Samples from the teacher, her husband and two children will be sent to the Kunyang lab in the afternoon because it seems that the viral loads in some of the cases are on the higher side. If all goes smoothly, we'll share the results with you the day after tomorrow. The Ministry of Education called on the public to continue wearing masks and to stay at home and avoid contact with others if experiencing symptoms. Turning to the latest in Taoyuan's suspected Delta cluster, it's now confirmed that this is indeed a Delta cluster. Lab results came back on Monday for two commercial pilots and one pilot's son. The lab found that these three cases were infected with a Delta variant, just like a third pilot whose results came back earlier. But the three newest Delta cases didn't have the same genetic sequence as the previous case. There is probably not a strong link between these two groups. But since there is a definite answer here, we will reach a conclusion through our epidemic investigations. We did some sampling among their close contacts. Some of the tested people came up in a contact tracing for crew on the Chicago route. At least another 1,200 tests were conducted under our general screening program. Taoyuan City is the epicenter of the new Delta scare. The city government says it's placed all contacts of the infected people in centralized quarantine facilities. 
Those include airline crew as well as high school students and their family members. The city is also conducting PCR testing on everyone placed in quarantine. In addition, the CCC has sent text message alerts to 1.1 million people who have crossed paths with infected persons. Researchers have found an old drug that could be an effective treatment for COVID-19. This drug is called cyclosporin, and it's used to prevent rejections of a transplanted organ. Cyclosporin was shown to reduce the viral load of COVID patients. It's also reduced the body's own production of interleukin-6, which could lower the risk of death caused by severe inflammation. Not only that, when scientists combined with drug with remdesivir, the two drugs become even more effective at fighting COVID together than they were individually. Ambulances come and go carrying ailing COVID patients to hospitals. During this summer's COVID outbreak, hospitals in the north came under tremendous stress. Research teams raced against time to find new therapies against the viral disease. One of those teams was at the National Health Research Institute. We drew up a list of 230 NHI-covered drugs that were more likely to have an effect. We tested their inhibitory effects on two COVID strains and found some that did fairly well. Then we proceeded to administer them along with remdesivir to see if the combined treatment was more effective. Cyclosporin is an immunosuppressive agent that's used to prevent rejection after organ transplant. NHRI researchers found that administering this drug with remdesivir had a synergistic effect on reducing viral load. This regimen was also able to inhibit interleukin-6, a hallmark predictor of COVID progression. Studies show that inhibiting interleukin-6 can reduce the severity of the disease. First, it targets the virus itself, inhibiting the replication of the virus. Then it also targets the human body's own response, that is, the cell response triggered by the invasion of the virus. The cells have an inflammatory response and other reactions. Researchers found that remdesivir, when administered alone, reduced patient viral loads by 5%. It also reduced the production of interleukin-6 by up to 10%. But when remdesivir was given with cyclosporin, viral loads dropped by 90%. Interleukin-6 production fell by nearly 80%. Researchers say the figures are promising, suggesting that cyclosporin has exciting potential as an effective COVID treatment. The CCC has released new details on its Pfizer vaccination program, which starts with high school students on September 23rd. About 1.25 million students aged 12 to 18 are eligible under the program. This figure includes students who are homeschooled, as well as certain students who aren't enrolled at a school in Taiwan. Vaccines are open to homeschool students, as well as students enrolled in overseas compatriot schools but who are currently in the country. After the consent form is sent, they can use the online platform to register. After they make an appointment, they can go to the selected medical institution to get the vaccine. Although students will be vaccinated on campus, vaccination is not compulsory. The decision will be made based on the judgment of the parents and wishes of the student. 
For schools, the plan is to administer shots only in the afternoon so that students miss fewer classes if they feel unwell after vaccination. Students will be asked to avoid intense physical activity in the two weeks after vaccination. If they experience an adverse reaction, they can take up to three days off school without being marked absent. Their parents can also request epidemic prevention leave to provide care. The ocean sunfish is a popular part of Taiwan's local winter catch. In recent years, the Fisheries Research Institute has learned more than ever about the species using satellite tracking. After attaching tags to the fish, they can see where they migrate and study their behavior. One fish followed took an astonishing journey from Taiwan across the equator, all the way to the South Pacific. A large ocean sunfish floats by the surface of the water. Researchers grab the chance to attach a pop-up satellite archival tag. <laughs> Meanwhile, other researchers are waiting for the sunfish to take the bait so they can stick a tag on. The tags will track the fish's movements through the ocean using satellite data so the Fisheries Research Institute can observe them. These tags have a connector here, and we attach this side to the fish. Then it follows the fish. After a few days, this bit dissolves and then breaks off. Then this part floats back up to the surface and begins sending data to the satellite. This project to track sunfish using satellite tags began in 2016. Over five years, 10 fish have been tagged. One of them, a southern sunfish, went on a real odyssey. Over 240 days, the fish swam all the way down the eastern coast of Taiwan, crossed the equator, and then migrated through the central and southern Pacific Ocean. When the tag floated up to the surface, it was found on an island of New Caledonia in the South Pacific. As the crow flies, that's 6,952 kilometers. The tag offered up to 7 million data points on the journey, the biggest collection ever. It was also the first time a sunfish was proven to cross the equator. Firstly, it recorded the fish crossing the equator. We didn't know it could do that, do such a large-scale equator crossing. It experienced the tropics and subtropics of the northern hemisphere, then went to the subtropics in the southern hemisphere. So it went through many different climate zones. Its northward migration is connected to mesovortices, which are found in tropical cyclones. Its southward migration is connected to ocean currents and temperatures. Sunfish are found in Taiwan's waters in great numbers from September to February. They gather in the east. Fishermen usually report seasonal catches of 300 to 600 metric tons. The Fisheries Research Institute is working with the University of Hawaii using big data to learn more about the species. On September 3rd, Japan was shocked when its Prime Minister Suga Yoshihide announced he will not run for re-election as leader of the Liberal Democratic Party later this month. That means he will not serve another term as Prime Minister. But what could impact the news have on Taiwan? Japanese commentators say that there won't be any immediate consequences, although a new PM might be a more effective diplomatic ally. <laughs> I have expressed in the LDP leadership meeting that due to my wish to focus on pandemic control policy, I will not stand for election as a leader of the LDP. Suga had previously vowed to fight for re-election, but Friday morning, he dropped the surprise news in a 10-minute leadership meeting. 
one of my considerations is that simultaneously pursuing pandemic control and seeking re-election would require a vast amount of energy. In such a situation, it would be very hard to attend to both tasks, and it is necessary to choose between them. The LDP will vote for their next leader on September 29th, and the winner will be announced on September 30th at the earliest, ushering in a new prime minister. The three countries of Australia, New Zealand and Taiwan have all introduced strong restrictions to personal rights, such as fines and detention. Suga's premiership has marked a period of stability in Taiwan-Japan relations. Japan donated several shipments of vaccines to Taiwan. In June, he made those comments naming Taiwan as a country during a cross-party leaders' discussion on COVID issues. That rankled China. The change of prime minister will affect Taiwan most closely if it causes a change in the two countries' relationship. There will be a new prime minister, and still the diplomatic orientation of the LDP, pro-America, Taiwan-friendly, resisting China, the diplomatic position won't really change, although the prime minister is changing. The chief of the Taipei Bureau of Japanese Newspaper Sankei Shimbun, Yeito Akio, said the channels of Japanese diplomacy could be extended thanks to the retreat of Suga, whose performance in both health and economics has not been stellar, he says. He was a member of the House elected in Yokohama, but just days ago the Yokohama mayoral candidate he endorsed lost the election. That means his camp lost. There are many situations. Even if he retained the party leadership, in just one month there are elections in the House. If he lost there, he would still have to resign. His withdrawal from the race now can firstly give the LDP leadership race more media attention in Japan. Secondly, people will pin hopes on the new prime minister, so the LDP will have a great chance of victory in the House elections in October. China's continuous expansionism in the East China Sea, the Taiwan Strait and the South China Sea are all one strategy. Political changes in Japan could have a serious impact on Taiwan's national interests. The ambassadors of seven countries, including Guatemala, Nicaragua and Belize, were at a special food show to trumpet foodstuffs fit for an autumn barbecue. The event highlighted foreign foods from Taiwan's diplomatic allies that the public might not have considered before. The project aims to bolster Taiwan's links with its Central American allies. Diplomats also stressed the significance of the Medigen vaccine to strengthen bilateral ties. Seven ambassadors from Taiwan's allies line up to open boxes of ingredients from various countries. The project, launched with a retailer, aims to encourage Taiwanese diners to choose something different for their mid-autumn barbecue. The Marisha hot pepper, uh, hot pepper sauce, using some of the um, original uh, ingredients, which are the local fruits and vegetables. Last year, we imported almost 200 million U.S. dollars of seafood from Central America. Beef from Paraguay is already the second biggest source of imports in Taiwan. The foreign ministry is introducing the public to Taiwan's allies, and what better way than through food? Meanwhile, for the guests, it's the new Medigen vaccine that's an interesting offer. The Medigen vaccine is now available for booking by Taiwanese citizens. A phase three clinical trial will be carried out in Paraguay. Recent reports suggested Belize has also approached Taiwan about importing Medigen. Allies are delighted that Taiwan has its own homemade vaccine.
really happy that Taiwan has made such a good advancement with the vaccines, and we hope that everyone can get vaccinated really soon. We may use some foreign ministry resources to buy some vaccines to give to our diplomatic allies and help them. Of course, if they want to buy it, they're very welcome to. China clearly also uses vaccines to try to coerce and poach our allies. I think that's a truly unacceptable tactic. Taiwan is of course keen not to let allies slip away in this post-COVID world. Whether through health support or through food, maintaining friendships is of vital importance.